You are listening to the podcast of Calvary Church in Irwin, Pennsylvania. For more information, you can visit us online at calvaryirwin.com. And uh, today, we're, uh, we're continuing a series that you saw on the video, When the Fruitcake Hits the Fan. Man, Pastor Pete killed it last week. That was awesome. If you missed the message, um, I really encourage you to go check it out. You can go to listen.calvertirwin.com and, and listen to the podcast, subscribe to that, or go on our Facebook or YouTube uh, channel and uh, watch the message. It was really, I was, I was excited. It was really awesome. And uh, as we walk into this season, uh, with all the snow we had, how many of you enjoyed the snow this past week? Any of you? Some of you are cringing right now. I was in heaven. My kids were in heaven. It was awesome. It was like the greatest thing we could have asked for to kick off December. Lots of snow. It was so wonderful. The only downside was I didn't get to pull out my snowblower because there wasn't enough snow to, uh, to do that. But hopefully things to pray for and to hope for, um, right? Um, and uh, you can pray against the snow, but I'm praying harder. I'm, I'm going strong. We're going for blizzard this year, okay? Um, but with the snow we had this past week, uh, we're now entering uh, a season where this happens. If you see on the screen, how many of you can relate to this experience? Uh, for those of you watching online, uh, give, give me some love in the comments. How many of you have ever done this before? Where you've, you've tried to actually leave your driveway in your house uh, with the little window, like the window from the frost or the snow, and you're like, I scraped for 10 minutes to get to that point. That's good enough. We're going to go from there. Uh, I, I'll be honest with you. I live just down the street from the church. I have done this a few times myself because I live so close where I get it, you know, close enough and uh, just kind of drive down Pennsylvania Avenue uh, very gingerly and slowly and make sure that I'm being careful, uh, squinting just to make sure I see the lines and see, uh, you know, any, 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 uh, things walking in my path. Fortunately, it's usually early in the morning, so there's no like people running across the street or, or things running in front of me. Um, but but if, if you go too far like this, when your windshield looks like that, or, or maybe when it's worse, you can get yourself into pretty serious trouble, right? Like if you go really far, try to drive too fast, it's because obviously you can't see what's in front of you. You can't see obstacles. It's hard to see the, the road because you're trying to look through frost or th- snow and, and it doesn't work real well. And now, most of the world might not relate to this experience because of their lack of cold weather or snow. But honestly, I can't think of a better illustration for Christmas in 2020 or walking into 2021. Like seriously, like, I can't remember a time in my lifetime where uh, things have been more uncertain. We, we don't know what Christmas is going to look like. We don't know what January is going to look like. We don't know what 2021 is going to look like. This is a crazy time. We don't know uh, if a vaccine is going to fix all of this. We don't know if treatments are going to fix all of this. Some thought the, the, the election would fix all of this. That's not true. Like, we don't know what the future looks like. We, we don't know what the solution ultimately is going to be. Uh, planning six months or a year out for really anything at this point is difficult. We don't know, like, how do you plan vacations this year? How do you know what May or June or July are going to look like this year? In a time of such incredible uncertainty, it feels like we've got this small little gap in the window. And we spend a lot of time scraping that gap. And, and we're driving down the highway at 75 miles an hour, just trying to make sure we don't wreck this thing. And, and, and it feels like, I don't know if I can keep up. And, and the question is, is this a time to throw in the brakes and just give up? Is this the time to say, well, forget this. 
What do we do? How do we respond? How in the world do we find clarity in such a confusing situation in time? As we look at the Christmas season this month, there was a group of people in the, in the Christmas story that went on a journey that was pretty uncertain. I'm not talking about Mary and Joseph because Mary and Joseph knew where they were going. They're going to Bethlehem. They knew Mary was probably going to have a baby. Who, who I'm talking about are the Magi. Magi. Now, uh, uh, beyond the song we know, We Three Kings, uh, there were probably, most scholars believe, more than three magi. Uh, And and these magi traveled from the east to see this baby some 400 miles. Now, uh, that 400-mile journey would take probably somewhere around two to three weeks and, and think about this. They traveled 400 miles, two to three weeks. They didn't have Google Maps. They didn't have Waze to tell them where all the Roman cops are. Um, they didn't have Apple Maps. They didn't even have a AAA triptych. All they had was a star, which is pretty crazy. Now, to you and me in 2020, that sounds outrageous. I can't go on a trip to Giant Eagle without my phone, let alone travel 400 miles just with a star. And, 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 and these incredibly well-educated, uh, intelligent, wise men left the comfort of their homes and all that was familiar, took an entire caravan of people and stuff, traveled 400 miles, and all they had to guide them was a star, a star of all things. That's scary. And, and here's how the story unfolded. Uh, It's recorded in Matthew's gospel, chapter two. It's such a fascinating story. We're just gonna read a few verses here. Here's what it says, starting in verse one. It says, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where's the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. And the reason he was disturbed is because he was the king. When someone else hears about another king, that's disturbing news, right? So he's worried about this. Verse 4, when he, had call, when he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. And, and here's what took place. This story is, is kind of an illustration of how two different groups of people responded to uncertainty. You had King Herod that had uncertainty, and you had the Magi that had uncertainty. And and they responded in drastically different ways. King Herod hears about this supposed king that was born that he doesn't know a whole lot about. He's uncertain. And and his response was ultimately one of dread and paranoia. He's worried. He's anxious. He's like, this isn't going to end well. They're going to try to overthrow me. This is is how things end. This is how things come to a close. This is, I'm not going to let this happen. The the Magi, on the other hand, they travel all this distance, 400 miles, not not fully knowing how or where they would end up, but simply following a star. And, And in their uncertainty, they came with anticipation, not dread. Two very, very different responses to uncertainty. One of the biggest ways to combat uncertainty, like what we're experiencing right now, is in your perspective how you perceive it. While you can't fully guarantee any outcome, we can't control our circumstances, 
You and I have 100% control over our response, always. We, we have 100% control. And, and, and one of the ways that we can control our response is understanding our perspective. And, and here's a simple idea I want to share with you today. Whatever you're looking for, you will eventually find it. If you're looking for something, if, you, if you're looking for something horrible, eventually you're going to find it. If, if you're looking for something great, eventually you're going to find it. Whatever you're looking for, you will eventually find it. King Herod in this story was looking for disaster. And, and in turn, he found it. He would respond to this fear that he embodied. He would ruthlessly kill thousands of baby boys throughout the region out of his paranoia, his fear, out of his dread. His perspective of uncertainty was this is going to end poorly. You know what? He made it end poorly. It was bad. Can you imagine thousands of baby boys being killed because of a king's paranoia? That was, that was a circumstance. The Magi, on the other hand, you know the story, I'm sure, of the Magi. They eventually would find this young family. They would worship the Messiah as they'd set out to do. They would accomplish what they were looking for. Whatever you're looking for, you will eventually find it. L- looking toward Christmas this year, looking toward a new year, 2021, it can feel like there's no hope. There's no light at the end of the tunnel. It's all doom and gloom. If you turn on the news, it's disaster. Every newscast, they start off with the cases. They, they tell us how bad it's going to be and how bad it is. C- can I push you a little bit this morning? Maybe make you feel a little bit uncomfortable. Whatever you're looking for, you're eventually going to find it. If you're looking for all that's wrong in our world, all that's frustrating, discouraging, or disappointing about what's unfolding, I promise you, if you continue to do that, you will find it. You're going to find it. It's out there. But, but let me present a different possible approach. What if this Christmas, if, instead of looking for the doom and gloom and all the disaster, what if you could actually be grateful, recognize the good things that have happened, the ways you have been blessed? Like, like there are good things that have happened in your life. Maybe you didn't see them because you're focused on all the bad things. What if you could shift your perspective and, and actually look for good things? In fact, I want to encourage you, kind of challenge you to, to practice something over the next, you know, what, 19 days as we walk toward Christmas. Every night, before you go to bed, before you go to sleep, I want you to take a moment and write down one thing you're grateful for that day, one thing that you feel blessed with. And in fact, on your way out, for those here in person, you're going you're to see a card on the table there. And, and the card has each date. It looks just like this. Looks like this, and it has each of the dates, starting tomorrow, all the way through Christmas, through the end of this, uh, or through the end of this, uh, this month. And what I want you to do is every morning, I want you to write down one thing you're grateful, or every night before you go to bed, one thing you're grateful for, one thing you feel blessed about. And then every morning, when you wake up, I want you to read that card first before you surf Facebook, before you watch the news, before you jump on anything. I want you to read that list first. For those watching online, just use a notepad. You can have a notepad right by your bed every night. Write down one thing. When you wake up in the morning, read that list. Maybe even read a few verses from Scripture before you do any of the other things. And ask yourself, God, what are you wanting to do in my life today? God, how are you wanting to move? How are you going to bless me today? What are you going to do in my life today? 
what does that do? Is that, is that going to drastically change anything? Like, is that going to change your job situation? Is, is that going to magically make the virus disappear? Is that going to somehow transfer or produce thousands of dollars into your declining bank account? Probably not. But what it will do is it will change your outlook and your perspective. It will transform how you view this Christmas season. And, and just as happened with the Magi, when they took, took part in their journey of uncertainty, they discovered what they were looking for. Because whatever you're looking for, you will eventually find it. Now, if, if you're looking for things to be grateful for and, and that are blessings to record each day, do you, do you know what you're going to find? You're going to find things to be grateful for and that you were blessed with. Because whatever you're looking for, you're going to find it. It's just the whole idea when you buy a red car, now all of a sudden you see red cars everywhere. It, it, it's, it's what you're looking for. In, in some of the most uncertain times, the best response isn't to further strengthen your uncertainty, but to reinforce what you already know to be true. Those blessings have always been there, but we overlook them. We overlook them for all the bad things. Like, there's some really crazy bad things happening in our world right now, right? There are. That's all we hear about. It's, it's all that we're, we're, we're processing. Why don't you step back and, 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 and appreciate what you have, that, that you have a roof over your head, that you have food on the table. You've made it this far. That's awesome. That's a big deal. Now, you might be thinking, you know, Nick, that, that's great and all. I, I love the importance of being grateful, but I have some big decisions to make this year. Like, being grateful and having the right outlook is, is wonderful, but that's not going to tell me which direction I should take. This situation, these circumstances have brought a, a crossroads in my life where I have to make some big, big decisions. The Magi didn't get to the Messiah just by being grateful. There were some practical things they did to navigate their journey. And some of the things they did, I think, can help us navigate our uncertainty today as well. That, that, that beyond having the right perspective, beyond looking for the right things, there are also some practical steps, things that, that the Magi did, I think, that we can learn from in this story that help us make some decisions. Maybe you have some big decisions about your workplace or your, your family or your life in general. And, and you're like, man, I've got to make the right decisions. And, and sometimes the hardest decisions are deciding between something that is good and something that is great. Both are good options. And generally speaking, that's where we find ourselves oftentimes. And there's three things that we see in the story of, of, of the Magi in, in Matthew chapter 2 that really speak to how we can find clarity in confusing world how we can find clarity in the midst of uncertainty. The first thing we see in this story is God revealed the path in a way they could understand it. God revealed the path in a way they could understand it. To us, following a star seems a little odd, but these guys were astrologers. They studied the stars. This was actually their expertise. God was essentially speaking their language when he put that star in the sky. That was the best way to speak to them and guide them. If, if he had done it in any other way, they probably wouldn't have fully understood it. But this was their sweet spot. This is what they understood. This is what they knew. That means for you, God is often going to reveal his will and direction. Even in uncertainty, not in some mystical, outrageous way, but ultimately in a way that you will understand it. That looks different for all of us. God's desire isn't to keep you in the dark, but to be a guide on your journey to help you find the right path. 
In, in, in Hebrews chapter 12, the author of Hebrews opens up this chapter with this amazing couple of verses. I, I love what, what, it, what it's written. He says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, that, that's such an awesome thought, picture that's painted here in, in Hebrews 12, that there are people, the grandstands of heaven are cheering for you. But he's not just cheering for you to stand still. It goes on, it says, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Did you know that God has a race marked out for you? God has a race marked out for me. God actually has a plan for your life. We've forgotten that. In the midst of 2020, we've forgotten the whole idea that God actually has a plan for my life. That's such a basic idea, but we've forgotten this. God has a plan for your life. He has a plan for my life. He hasn't forgotten you. He hasn't forsaken you. He has a plan. And he's not holding on to his cards like, good luck, guys, figuring out my plan. If you say the secret word, I'll tell you the next step. That's not what God's doing. It says that he has a race marked out for us. If you've ever been in a race or on a hike, like markers are kind of key to help you know. And if you can't read the markers, you're in trouble right? Jesus has marked, God has marked the race for us in a way that we can understand it, just as he did for the Magi. He, he wants you to understand the path. He wants to speak your language. That could, that's different for all of us because we're all wired differently. Some of us, that's uh, in one tangible way. Some of us, maybe it's more of an abstract way because God made us. He shaped us. And he wants to speak to us and guide us and direct us in a way that we can understand. The first thing we see here is the Magi God, God revealed the path to these magi in a way they could understand it. The second thing that we sometimes can miss in the church is the magi use their minds. So, sometimes we get this idea that like following God's plan, his path, what God wants for us, in the midst of uncertainty, God's going to reveal his path in like super mystical ways. You know, he's going to write it on a wall or, or you know, it's just going to like drop from heaven or, or there's going to be something really uh, crazy that happens. We miss this idea that, that God actually gave you one of the greatest tools to figure things out that anyone could ever ask for. It's your brain, your mind. It's, it's more advanced than any piece of, of computer equipment or any uh, AI that they've come up with. It, it's more advanced than any of that. He, he actually gave it to you the moment you were born. Th- these guys, these magi, they weren't a group of guys wandering aimlessly who were just puppets to God's promptings. Like every time God said, turn left. Like God wasn't, you know, Google Maps for them and, and you know, navigating them from the, the far east all the way to Judea. They, they were intelligent men that used their minds to make good, wise decisions. They make really good decisions. Now, I don't know if you've ever heard the saying before, but that someone is so heavenly minded that they're no earthly good. I don't know if you've ever heard that saying before. But how I take that saying is sometimes, if we're not careful, we can, we can stop using the brain that God has given us and we're looking for all of the mystical, spiritual signs. And God's saying, I gave you a brain, use it. See, for, for, for these magi, the star led them, right? But, but like, how did they get there? Like, what did they use? They used camels or something like that? Like, what roads would they use? What, what should they bring? The star didn't tell them what to bring. They used their minds. They brought gifts. They traveled roads that the Romans had built. They, they, they brought uh, camels or other livestock that could carry their goods and their, their materials. They, they used their minds. They were smart people. Don't discount your brain. As a follower of Jesus, we don't, 
We don't like lay our brain and our, our mind at the door and say, okay, I'm ready to come. Whatever I feel, I'm going to do. God gave you a brain. Use it. If, if you're looking for kind of some, some clues to how do you navigate this, this uncertainty, start with what is God speaking to you. Go, secondly, go with what is your brain? What is your brain telling you? How are your thoughts processing? Use your brain that God has given you to process. And the third thing that the Magi did is they listened to wise counsel. In, in verses three through six of Matthew two, here's what it says. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the ch- people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. Verse five, in Bethlehem and Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, and the land of Judea are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Following the star of the marker that they understood got them close. Using their minds and understanding got them there safely in one piece. But listening to wise counsel allowed them to narrow in on the specifics of where they were ultimately going. Don't discount wise counsel around you. That that doesn't mean every voice is wise and every voice needs to be listened to. Be incredibly rigid in who you listen to, but, but wise, godly counsel is so very important. In the book of Proverbs, chapter 11, verse 14, it says, where there is no counsel, the people fall, but in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. As, as the worship team comes today, don't, don't discount wise counsel. There are godly men and women who have incredible wisdom in your life, whether you realize it or not. Don't make decisions. Don't try to find clarity and uncertainty without working your way to that point where you can ask and listen. There are people maybe who are a few steps ahead of you in life. Be willing to ask them. Maybe it's your marriage. Ask someone who's a little bit further down the road for help. Maybe it's in your career. Ask someone who's maybe been there before that you can get wisdom from. Don't discount wise counsel. The answers aren't always up here or up here. Sometimes God can use wise counsel to help focus and narrow the focus a little bit. And, and this morning, as we prepare to close, we're going to sing a song here in a moment. I want to ask you three questions. These are three questions that, that when you're walking through uncertainty, we see from the Magi, but when you're walking through uncertainty, a season of questions where you don't have a lot of answers or direction, I think these are three questions that are really important. To, to process, to, to reflect on. Maybe you write these down that, that you can come back to. The first is this. What is your spirit sensing? What do you feel God is speaking to you in that season, in this time? What, 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 what is it you, you're sensing God saying? I, I can tell you in every part of my life, every change, transition, new thing, uncertain, uncertain moment, I can go back to moments seasons where I know God was impressing things in my heart. Was God speaking audibly to me? Not necessarily, no. But there were promptings in my heart, things that God I knew was speaking to me. In the moment, I didn't fully know God was speaking it to me. But I thought maybe. The first thing to start with is what is your spirit sensing? What do you feel God is speaking to you? The second question is what is your mind saying? How are you processing that intellectually? With your brain that God has given you, that's not something to be suppressed. How are you processing that? How are you processing what the spirit, what your spirit is sensing? This is what I feel God's saying. This is what my brain's saying. 
Sometimes those can contradict. That's not a bad thing. What, what, is, your, what is your mind saying? And the last thing is, what are your ears hearing? What is the wise counsel, those around you, what, what are they saying about this? How are they speaking into your life? This is why it's so very important to have wise counsel in your life. Being part of a group. Being connected to a group of people who are, who are godly. Who, who, who aren't just shooting by the hip. But who have wisdom, heritage, and experience. Whether that's someone at church. Whether that's someone in your life, your family. It's so very important to have wise counsel that you can listen to. What is your spirit sensing? What is your mind saying? What are your ears hearing? You're walking through 2020 and we close out this year and it's a crazy year and we're looking at the new year and you're like, there's some major, major things I need to do in my life. I don't know how I'm going to process this uncertainty anymore. I'm, I'm stressed. I'm anxious. Can I tell you the best thing you can do to start? Start with what is your spirit sensing? Take time to worship. Take time to pray. Take time in the presence of God. Ask God, God, what are you speaking to me? And and before we leave this place today, for those of you online, before you jump off this broadcast, we're going to take a moment and practice that. I hate to talk about something and not practice it, right? We're going to take a moment and we're going to, the the worship team is going to lead us in in a song here. And I want to ask you, as I mentioned earlier, I want to ask you to foster the presence of God to listen to the voice of God. What is your spirit sensing? Maybe you're walking through uncertainty and it's been something that's kept you up at night. You can't sleep because there's so many questions. There's so much uncertainty about the future and what the next weeks or months or years are going to look like in your life for your family. Can we start with the presence of God? Ask God, God, what do you want to speak to me? Because here's the deal. In the book of Philippians, it says that the peace of God can transcend all understanding which is pretty awesome. But on top of that, it will guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. That God wants to give us peace about the direction that he has for us. Would you stand with me this morning? Maybe you feel comfortable. Maybe you're in your living room, wherever you might be, just lifting your hands today. God, this this morning, we thank you for what you're going to do. Jesus, we thank you that you have a plan for our lives. Lord, make, bring clarity in the midst of our uncertainty. Lord, connect with our spirits. Speak to us, guide us, direct us, even in these moments this morning. We thank you, God, for what you're going to do. Speak to us today as we worship you together. This is Pastor Nick Pohl, the lead pastor at Calvary. We're so glad you joined us for today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed the message. At Calvary Church, we're passionate about leading people into an overflowing life with Jesus. We would love the opportunity to connect with you on your faith journey and hear what God is doing in your life or join you in prayer for any needs you might have. You can visit us online at calvaryirwin.com or send us an email at info at calvaryirwin.com. On our website, you'll find previous week's messages, a list of upcoming events, as well as resources designed to help you take those next steps on your journey of faith. See you next week, and may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace.